global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World, Hank Waters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Just getting word from the United Kingdom that Philip Hammond has been named a U.K. Chancellor of the Exchequer, and George Osborne has resigned from the government. The U.S. economy expanded at a modest pace since midway, amidst, uh, mid-May amid slight price pressures and some softening in consumer spending. That's according to today's Beige Book report from the Federal Reserve. Stocks are now trading mixed. We've got the S&P 500 index down a point at 2150, a drop there of 0.1%. Dow Industrials up 15, a gain of 0.1%. And NASDAQ is down down 9, a drop of 2 tenths of 1%. Tenure up 13, 30 seconds yield there, 1.46%. Gold up 8.90 the ounce to 13.44, higher by 7 tenths of 1%. Crude, big story today, down 206 a barrel. West Texas Intermediate now at 44.78 a barrel, down 4.4%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. As we leave the European Union, we will forge a forge a bold new positive role for ourselves in the world and we will make Britain a country that works not for a privileged few but for every one of us. That will be the mission of the government I lead and together we will build a better Britain. A better Britain, that's what Theresa May is promising as she takes over as the United Kingdom's Prime Minister today, taking the reins of power from former Prime Minister Cameron, forced out by the Brexit vote, which uh, he opposed. We're getting some breaking news as we start this segment now. George Osborne is the first Secretary of State in the UK. He has resigned from the government, the uh, Prime Minister's office says, and Philip Hammond being named the UK Chancellor of the Exchequer. Well, perfect time to bring in our next guest, Mutaba Robin. He's practice head uh, in Europe, based in London for the Eurasia Group. He, among other things, worked at the European Commission's Directorate General for Economic and Financial Affairs and at the UK Treasury. So he certainly notes all sides of this story. Midge, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, uh, let's start with uh, George Osborne resigning, according to the Prime Minister's office. Philip Hammond, named UK Chancellor of the Exchequer. What do these tell us about uh, where Theresa May is taking her government? I think I think the most important individual that we're still waiting for is, of course, who is going to lead the Brexit negotiations. That's the individual that will be critical for the trajectory of UK-EU relations. Now, Philip Hammond's transfer from the Foreign Office to the Treasury on some level was expected. He's competent, well-placed within the Conservative Party, and I think is seen to be a safe pair of hands in terms of economic management. So I don't, I don't really think there are many surprises from Hammond's appointment. I think most interesting is going to be which leave candidate Theresa May appoints to lead the negotiations with Europe. That's going to be critical. Can you tell us some names of individuals who you believe will guide the ship of state safely through the negotiations? Absolutely. I mean, of course, at at the highest level, Theresa May, I think, is going to be very actively involved on this issue, I already anticipate her travelling for bilaterals to meet Angela Merkel, German Chancellor, the French President, as well as the institutional heads who sit in Brussels. Um, 
Yeah, there are a number of names doing the rounds in London. I think um, Chris Grayling, Speaker of the House of Commons, is a potential name. He was um, a, a prominent Leave uh, member of the Cabinet close to Theresa May. Andrea Leadsom, who was the obviously a, a competitor, let's say, to May, who, who, who stepped down at the weekend. She's also seen to be a potential runner for this job, although I don't think she's too close to Theresa May. And there'd be some concerns, I think, about her negotiating style. David Davis, from Europe minister, I think he's also in the running. Oliver Letwin, who currently holds the portfolio, he could also, he could also stay in place. I think what's important for Theresa May is the internal balance of power within her cabinet. I think there's a lot of leave members that are likely to ultimately end up in the cabinet, and I'm sure one of those will ultimately have to lead the Brexit negotiations in order to keep the Tory party happy with the selection of her, 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 her name. Mitch, is she the right person? At the right time, Theresa May, or and or to what extent was she considered the safe choice, the person everybody could agree on? I think, look, from a from a from a first best perspective, no, I I, I don't think so. But from a least worst perspective, she's absolutely the right candidate. If it was a choice between her, um, Andrea Leadsom, Michael Gove, or indeed Boris Johnson, then absolutely she's the best choice. I think. Boris Johnson would have been more willing to do a dirty deal, if I can put it like that, over Europe. So essentially willing to undo the commitments he made through the referendum on immigration. Um, but there were, of course, a lot of questions about Boris Johnson's disposition towards foreign policy, world leaders, his general, his general, let's say, fumbling approach to, to politics. So there were a lot of concerns about how suitable he would be overall as, as prime minister, even if on the narrow Europe question he'd be effective. Michael Gove, Andrea Ledson, their problem for both, for both of them, frankly, is that they're ideal, they're ideological and they're ideologically opposed to Europe. So, Getting a deal with the Europeans when you have two ideologues at the helm, I think, would have made things more difficult. Theresa May is pragmatic. She's, deal, she's a deal maker. I think she's oriented in that way. She's well known in Europe. She's well liked and well respected. And, and I think for, the, for those reasons, at this juncture, she, she is the right person for the job. Mujaba, do you foresee another referendum by another European country to leave the European Union? I think there's absolutely a risk. Um, there is already a referendum in Italy in October on constitutional reform that will de facto be a referendum on the Prime Minister, uh, 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 Matteo Renzi. There's absolutely pressure in the Netherlands ahead of elections next year to commit to a referendum. There's a far-right party led by somebody known as Geert Wilders, who runs a party known as the PDV, and they're likely to be a power broker in government formation next year, and they're absolutely looking for a referendum. So there's definitely a risk. Thank you very much for spending time with us, Mutaba Rahman. He is the practice head for Europe for the Eurasia Group, based in London. Speaking about Theresa May taking over as Britain's Prime Minister after her predecessor David Cameron tendered his resignation to Queen Elizabeth II. You're listening to Taking Stock. Coming up on Taking Stock, we're going to take a look at the Fed's beige book and put it in the context of rising rate odds, rising rate hike odds in December. That's coming up on Bloomberg Radio.